What's going on, brother? How are you? What's poppin'? Finally made it to a space together. It's been so long. Yeah, this is a rare occasion. I think so. <laughs> sure. Um, I'll go first. Uh, my name is Don Bailey, CEO of uh, Blockbusters Tech. The Blockbusters Tech ecosystem includes Blockbusters Tech, Mirror Protocol, the Token View, My Dex Bot, um, Universal Coin Profile. Um, a few other projects that have yet to be released, and we're going to be talking about our partnership with the Lynx Crypto and how that integrates into everything that I just mentioned. Yep, and uh, my name is Spencer. I am the founder of Lynx and the solo developer. Um, I think I have less of a resume than Don. Um, I also work with Para, if you're familiar with them, do a lot of development work there. And I just kind of do development work for projects here and there. Um, but my pet project is definitely Lynx. And so uh, I think the way that Don and I, we've uh, really come to know each other and love each other. And I think the way we're going to partner is I can bring a lot of technology to the table uh, that will help him further his goals and also just help the crypto community as a whole um, have access to a lot of data that is hard to get your hands on uh, as of now. I feel like we should just keep this focused on Lynx Crypto and then kind of tie it into how BBTF is using it.
<laughs> You're doing the most. You're doing the most.
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, not to like be overwhelming or anything, but through all of this thing, the one thing that I realized is that like, dang, to do this through like any of the providers to get like, you know, pricing data for every token, it's incredibly expensive. It is like, uh, I think I was quoted from most like uh, providers, uh, like four to $6,000 a month uh, for us to just be able to stay up to date with, you know, chains or trades that happen on like PancakeSwap or Uniswap or whatever. Um, and so through that process, I built our entire backend infrastructure as Vince alluded to, that basically we are doing uh, that hard part for people. So we're keeping track of the price of every token. And then we offer that as an API service um, so that people can come and use our data for a much more affordable rate, right? Because it's just, it's impossible to do a lot of, um, I know if you're not a developer, it doesn't seem it's like, yeah, whatever. but to make a lot of the projects that you see, you really need good node providers, you need good data providers, you need all sorts of things to make an amazing service. And so in the blockchain right now, uh, everyone is just price gouging people. So uh, that was something that I just sort of built as a byproduct of links, and then people started asking me for that data and it just sort of went from there. Uh, so yeah, basically we offer charting data, uh, price data, um, all sorts of stuff for any of our supported exchanges, which there's a list of them, um, but essentially it's all the major ones, right? Like SafeMoonSwap, PancakeSwap, Uniswap, SushiSwap, et cetera. Any trade that happens on there, we're getting the prices updated in our database instantly and everyone can have access to it. And that's where my relationship with Don sort of came in. He kind of ran into the same thing that I... Uh, that I found where it's like, man, to do anything, this is just impossibly expensive. And so that's sort of where this uh, partnership came about. Ooh, can I chat? Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> so there are a couple things uh, here. So first, like Spencer nailed it, right? The industry as a whole, um, when you're trying to develop in a space, what developers experience is, um, uh, an increased need for accurate data. Um, and, you know, you can get data that has a latency, um, but if you want real-time data, it's really expensive. Um, for example, with MyDexPod. Um, MyDexPod is, uh, you know, a bot service. The first bot is an arbitrage bot. In order for you to have a perfect arbitrage trade, you need real-time data and the most accurate data as possible. The more quickly you can get the data, um, the more quickly you can calculate the arbitrage percentage, the more quickly you can fire your arbitrage bot. So in the testing phases, we were in beta. The first thing that we realized is, wow, this data is really expensive. And um, if any of you guys are familiar with Leet, you know, every single time you hear him speak, he'll talk about data. So the data was really expensive for us um, to the point to where we were spending um, maybe, you know, $300 a day for the data. And I quickly realized, you know, the reason why, you know, innovation is so limited or goes like, you know, operates in the shadows in this space is because the barrier to entry um, or one of the key culprits for a high barrier to entry is the increased price of the data. And one of the unique reasons for this is because the, um, players that provide this data it's very limited we have actually i'm not going to name drop some of the players because i'm going to criticize the industry 
Um, but, you know, there are a lot of data brokers in this space where you can just use their APIs, use their RPCs, whatever. What Links provides is an opportunity for people that are building in a space to get access to, you know, I, I, I don't want to call it inexpensive data, but for a get better value out of their dollar spent. Um, the data like Links just happens to provide data faster than any other service that I provided. So it's more real time. It provides more charting data than other companies. They don't have the barrier to entry for tokens listed because they're reading every single trade on any given blockchain that Lynx is looking at. And this provides an opportunity for developers to heavily rely on this service. So um, as we like look at the BBTF Lynx partnership, um, there are two key components here. One is our services that we're providing. Right. So like my Dexbot better benefits from this than anything else um, or any other uh, service provider um, because of it being cost efficient, but also more efficient in terms of how it provides the data. Universal coin profile. We can now start feeding data in from every single coin profile or every single coin because we're reading directly from the blockchain with links data. But more importantly, um, our cooperation on growing the Lynx platform. The healthier Lynx is, the healthier BBTF is. So one of the key components that we're looking at is how do we improve uh, the API offering to other companies? Not only that, um, actually, should I drop that second thing, that second B2B service yet, Spencer, or should we- Sure, go ahead. No, you're good, go ahead. Yeah, so like not just the API services and people feeding in their data, but you know, you actually need access to nodes if you're going to do anything that requires you to uh, trigger an action on a blockchain. So now providing people with more affordable uh, node access is another component that, you know, we get to utilize in our specific comp component of the space. So one of the things that I believe BBTF like brings value to the crypto space, um, but also in, in terms of the partnership with Lynx is our ability to incubate ideas that we discover, um, whether it be through funding, whether it be through development, but also like like in, in terms of that incubation, we now have the ability to provide those projects uh, with access to accurate data. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end. Yeah, no, preach, brother. You know, I mean, that, that, everything he said, I know as a non developer, it's hard to uh, sort of like understand the, I guess, like the scale on which this is important. Um, but, it, but it, it truly is. I mean, it makes, oh, and that was the first thing I learned whenever, you know, because I am a software developer by trade in, I guess you would call it the Web 2 space. Um, and then coming into the Web3 space, seeing and I was like, oh my goodness, these people are price gouging you like to the point that it's impossible to build a useful service. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he he hit he hit it right on the head there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that we're actively trying to bring to the table is give more projects access to the data that they need to provide the services that they want to provide. And one more thing, I forgot to mention this, like at the top of my speech, but um, I want to take the opportunity to kind of like shed some light on Spencer. I'm not saying like everybody go follow him and blow him up, um, but like if you're not following this guy, like so, like so there are developers in this space, right? And each developer comes with their own 
you know, kind of uh, specialty on what they're good at. And, you know, like there are some developers, like we have developers on our team that are, you know, knock down smart contract, knock down like, like across the board to find someone like Spencer who knows Dexas, who knows like, uh, I'm going to say tokenomics, but I don't mean it in the same sense. Like what I mean is like token economics. So like, you know, the trades, like what the potential like price impact of a trade is and like someone who knows that and has a specialty in you know, liquidity and that specific focus of a token is absolutely like tough to find. You know, a lot of people focus on building the token, but you know, there's a lot that happens after that. Like you can launch a token and then like kind of just like leave it out there to like do whatever and tirade coming here. Um, it's kind of like when someone like launches a token and then renounces the contract and they kind of just let it do what it uh, does. And then like, you know, that whole group of people who think, oh, the contract's renounced, that means it's safe. But then you got, you know, the developer holding like 80% of the supply and starts dumping on a token. Like to identify things like that, that's where you get those little warning labels from. That's like when you're like looking at the token con contracts on CMC or DEX screener, like the people that identify those characteristics is someone like Spencer. I have yet to this day to meet someone who knows more about his specific skill set. Um, and I've met a lot of developers. So I think that's extremely important to have, you know, that kind of guy in your circle. So uh, sorry for I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that. I think, I mean, just to speak on, on the topic, I think the issue is, is that um, if you were to go get a highly skilled like normal web 2 developer and try to bring them into the web 3 space they normally won't come because one they don't understand the space number two they're scared of the space because it's really it has a bad rap right and then um so then what you're left with is a lot of sketchy people who pretend to know what they're doing when they really don't um, and then you end up with contracts breaking you end up with people sneaking things past people um, I can't tell you how many calls I've gotten about people being like, hey, we just had this developer do, you know, whatever, an NFT contract for us. And then suddenly they actually rugged all the money from the minting because they left a back door in and no one caught it. Um, that kind of stuff is just rampant in this space. And honestly, it's really sad. Um, but I really I don't think I'm anything special. I just think I am a skilled Web2 developer that came over into the Web to space or into the web three space without the desire to scam anyone right i mean i think i think that's the core of it yeah you know work with people that have uh integrity um yeah. and honestly our relationship has been built on that um a lot of like this partnership has been in the works for like almost half a year now um you know and like we've been working on ironing out the details finding out like where need or where need uh, meets ability on both sides. And, you know, we finally came to a place where we were able to create a mutually beneficial relationship between the two entities. Um, so that's number one. But number two, and I think most importantly, is um, we now have the opportunity to provide or first, you know, like see if, you know, projects, you know, leaders, like are they docs, like kind of evaluate the integrity of a project. Um, and then also provide them a pathway to launching. Um, before in the space, the pathway to launching was the skill and the know-how. 
So because we can provide like legitimate entities with a pathway to launch and we've essentially removed all internal barriers by like literally reducing the cost to entry so we can provide lower cost services to enter into the market. It allows us to facilitate a pathway for more like, I don't want to say legitimate implying that the, like, if you're not doing this path, you're not legitimate, but like more projects that fit our paradigm of projects, like we can push more of those into the space. And what I think um, will be the result of uh, that is a space where we have, you know, more good projects than bad. So this space would be uh, own balance, you know, a legitimate space. So we can, you know, kind of like whenever we see a bad actor appear, we can identify it immediately. And then also the people that participate in the space are able to identify the traits of those bad actors as well. Absolutely, bro. Right. Uh, oh, go ahead, Spencer. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, absolutely. I was just going to say, preach. <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, a pretty interesting story. So um, I was actually, um, well, so two interesting stories. I always do that. I start with one, and then my brain tells me about another one. I'll tell the shorter one first. Um, I was on a call with a project that's going to be launching soon um and the owner of that project was you know just out in napa valley kind of like brushing shoulders with the who's who of napa valley um and you know he came back and said like something that kind of like um opened my eyes a bit he was like you know the the partnerships that just you know people want to move fast and don't want to do their due diligence on the partnership he was like, you got to be weary of those, the partnerships where people take time and take care to make sure the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. They're not doing that so that, you know, to make sure that they can't, you know, personally get fucked over or their team uh, can't. They're, they're, they're doing it because they want to ensure the longevity of the partnership. There are so many scenarios that can occur within a partnership that if it's predefined at the beginning stages, you already have like instructions on what to do with this. And you can make those decisions easily without causing the partnership, you know, to um, have any type of like, oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? You know, like you've already predefined it. You guys have already agreed to this. And, and that's why you're rocking and rolling. And it's so easy to you know, make money with a group of people to make innovations with a group of people. If at the beginning, you've already set the rules of engagement, it takes all the stress off the board, all the potential, you know, um, 
I'll call them like, you know, uh, you know, caveats that you'll like want to like have to deal with in the future. I'm not saying that there aren't going to be like tough decisions that any partnership has to make. Um, but again, our goal here is to grow both organizations and grow both organizations quite rapidly up until the next bull run and then exponentially during the next bull run. Um, so setting the plans in place for that, doing all of that, it's like absolutely phenomenal, like working with people who like have the same dream as you, but also the same like care for the, you know, users um, as you. The mirror protocol. Gotti's down there, Lee's down there, Christian, Morgan, Dimbo's <laughs> down there. This is like the whole team. I see dreaming. Um, all right, but all right. I was going to say, he's actually just our resident asshole. That's all, Jason. Uh, I'm going to drop something for those who know. But, uh, you know, the wizard you know is down there. Brandon, shout out. Um, I don't know if that. <laughs> but, okay, so I want to do this because I feel like this is really important and we got to get some things out of the way. So, first, let's start off with this. How does someone who doesn't know anything about links start using the technology? Oh man. Okay. <laughs> go to the, go to the website, right? Watch. There's a little explainer video. It's a little bit outdated, but I think it's like 99% accurate. It's only like a minute or two and it will basically give you an overview of what it does. Beyond that, you just download the app, iOS or Android. There is a web version, but honestly, 
I wouldn't. The only reason it's there is because so many people requested it. It's not actually amazing. The web version is going to be coming very, very soon. Um, but download the app, go over to the wallets tab, copy and paste your wallet addresses that you're interested in, and it'll walk you through the rest, right? You just copy and paste your address in, click go. It will grab all of your tokens. It will ask you which ones do you want to add for your port to your portfolio, and you're going to be surprised at all the tokens that it shows because... You know, the way that you currently do it through like MetaMask, right? You have to manually import each token that you care about or what have you. Um, but with links, we're going to say, all right, here's all of your tokens. A lot of these you've never heard of because they were, they're scam tokens. They were just sent to you. A lot of them may be tokens you forgot about that you purchased and you've just been holding for way too long. Um, that happened to me once I started using the app. I was like, oh, I forgot about these tokens from this project and this wallet. Um, and then it's going to say, you know, select the ones that you want to see in your portfolio. You just click on them, click save. That's really the end of it, right? Then you go back to your main screen and you will then see all of your tokens in one place. Uh, like uh, Vince said earlier, uh, we support um, tokens on Polygon, uh, Ethereum, and BSC. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that that's really the whole thing, right? Then then it'll start tracking your trades for you, yada, 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 yada. Blah, blah, blah. You'll figure out the rest. Well, it's very intuitive. So what you just explained is very simple. One download it. it says you got an iphone got an android go to your app store download the links crypto app second thing that you do copy your wallet address and it will lead you through the steps of importing the tokens that you want you select yes or no if you want to import a token or not yep. next question can you do this with multiple wallets so like say yep. i'm one who separates my wallet and i have tokens all over the place can i just well, yes bro come on where have you been come on no i'm just saying that was the primary reason for the whole app <laughs> in the first place is me doing all these dgen plays with vince here and we ended up with like 15 different wallets all with like <laughs> not a insubstantial amount of money of them but then you just forget about which ones have what and all this sort of stuff i was like if i just had one place that would show me everything that i care about in all my wallets That'd be amazing. And that's where it comes from. So yes, multiple wallets. There is no limit. It's totally free. You add as many as you want. And I want to be 100% clear. There's no wallet connection. You do not connect your wallet. You just paste your wallet address and we read the public blockchain data. That's it. There is no trading in links. There is nothing like that because we care about security above all. And I that was like a mission of links from the start. And a lot of people have asked for trading and maybe we could talk about it. But I know myself, right? Let's just say you have $10,000 in a wallet. The last thing you want to do is connect that wallet to any place, right? It's like, you got to be 100% sure this place is legitimate. And so when we're talking about downloading a new app and you know having it track your wallet, you do not want to be connecting your wallet to that because you get drained that way. So there is no wallet connection in links. It's just a paste. And you can paste in as many as you want. If you have, for example, yeah, exactly, exactly. A lot of people I've known, uh, yes, exactly. A lot of people I've known so, have like, they track influencers' wallets that they found out about and they're like, I want to make sure this dude's up isn't into, you know, any sketchy stuff. So they track that dude's wallet and see what he's up to because it'll pull in all your trades and everything in real time. So And it'll uh, send you notifications for actions on that wallet? 
Uh, no, not currently, but that's something we're working on. Not, it won't, it won't give you like, Hey, here's a trade or whatever, but that is this something. guy just dumped 90% of <laughs> Yeah, no, it doesn't give you anything like that, but that is something it's actually something we 100% have the functionality to do. It's honestly just been a matter of like getting to it. Uh, but it, it would right. not be a big thing to be at least like, Hey, this transaction just happened on one of your wallets. It's not a big deal. Though the one thing, Oh, one thing, let me add, I think I may have left this part out. Uh, you got to create an account, right? That's how we tie all of your wallets together. So you create an account, which is just an email address and a password. If you don't trust us, by all means, create a fake email address, use some fake thing, doesn't matter. We don't ask for your name. There's no phone, there's no nothing. The only thing is um, there's an email verification that you have to go through to keep bots off of our platform, but that is it, right? So it's just an email and a password, and then you're off to the races. Okay, um, it, let me just summarize this a bit because uh i i see a couple of, like wells and you know projects that i'm sure of down there so and there's been like times where people are like oh no i connected to adapt and my wallet just got hacked you know yep like, yep so so what people can do then is i buy 10k worth of this token put it in this wallet store the key phrase away and i don't have to touch that wallet i could take Correct. wallet address put it into links and then monitor what's going on with that wallet without ever connecting that wallet to a dApp again. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say. Right. Right. That's so, exactly what I was going to say. Our cold storage people love us. <laughs> and so... To, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll take a shot just on the flip side of that. If you're like, well, why is this better than like coin gecko, for example, on those platforms, you don't have to connect your wallet, but you do have to manually input every single trade that you do. So that's sort of the trade off the, the space that we've kind of pegged here is we'll track all of your stuff automatically and you don't have to connect. Right. That's the beauty. It's the best of both worlds. And also you don't have to, you know, pay that absorbent amount to list on there and get them track full data, but we won't talk yes. about that. Uh, yep. So. yep. Yep. And I just just to be clear, on links we have listed tokens. This is the thing that confuses a lot of people. But any token you add that's on one of our supported chains, with or supported chains and DEXs, right? Because we don't allow all DEXs, but we have quite a few. Any of the major ones, if they have a liquidity pool on any major DEX, you can track it. It just won't have the project's data. For example, it will have their contract address and their name and their symbol and that sort of stuff, but it won't have like their telegram, their logo, etc. Um, we just have like some placeholder images for that. A listed project, on the other hand, you would be able to quickly from within links just like open up, you know, their telegram link and just, you know, pop over into their telegram or pop to their Twitter. Um, our three social medias are Discord, Twitter, and Telegram. So you'd be able to get there very quickly, their website, etc. Um, so that is 
that that's kind of kind of the difference between listed and not listed but you can track anything on right and yeah. so let's let's like uh, kind of eliminate the potential for any confusion right so there's two parcelings right there's the consumer part and then there's like the b2c business to consumer part and then there's the b2b which is the business to business side so specifically on the business to consumer side what we're talking about is downloading the app tracking your token data inside the app right and yep that's where we're at how much does that service cost for anybody in the room listening to go to the app store, download the app, and start tracking their data? Uh, yeah, yep. One zilch. That's it. Yeah, no, totally free. Totally free. And we're dedicated to keeping it that way at, at all costs. That's beautiful. And so like now that we got that understood, consumers, you can just use this app for free. It's been basically cost provided by the team, paid for by the team just to build this and give this to com the community. So all that's been happen happening to this point is building a technology that people can use. And it's been coming out of the team's pocket to make sure that this thing can't become a reality and like uh, remains a reality. Right. So the next question is, it's like, so how do you keep this thing going? Right. How like, you know, like, you know, how, you, you got bills. Like, how yeah. do you keep it going? Well, yeah, I, I mean, just to be real, 90, I would say 90 plus percent of it has come out of my pocket or Vince's pocket or one of our pockets. Right. It's all just been funded and it hasn't been cheap. There have been months where we have two thousand dollar aws bills then we're like what are we doing here should like what this is insanity um but we've done all that's driven us to do is optimize and optimize and optimize and optimize and now we've got it to a very comfortable place i feel like um we do obviously have our listing fees which are nominal just a one-time fee um but they you know you maybe get one or two of those a month that helps out um but really i mean this is I mean, I don't want to say a nonprofit, but almost at this point, nonprofit level with what we've done so far and just building up our service for people, right? Because uh, one thing, I'll, I'll tell you just a quick like <laughs> anecdotal story. My stepdad learned that I was making a lot of money in crypto, right? And he was like, I want to learn how to do this. And I was like, all right, let me show you. I learned for a boomer, it was damn near impossible for him to like, what do I have to do? I have to have MetaMask on a hundred different chains. And then I have to have a centralized exchange account and go through this annoying KYC process. And his KYC got hung up and it was like all these things. He tried it on like three different things. And then he accidentally sent money to the wrong wallet and it was just a nightmare. So one thing that like the original purpose of links was to just make it easier to be in the space, right? Just make it's it a hell of a lot simpler. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing up until this point. And now we're to a point where we feel like our service and the backend data that we've built, which is the most valuable thing we offer, we can now offer that to other projects and let them build whatever they can dream up using our data. I mean, that that's really the core of it. That's beautiful. So monetizing the API, monetizing yep. the node. Now, there's one more thing here. What can consumers do to help you? Join, or can I answer this question? <laughs> Answer your own question. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I just swallowed spit. <laughs> I, it was such a guttural laugh. I like threw my head back. <laughs> so, but so for consumers, you know, like you know, we like 
a lot of us in here in the BBTF ecosystem, SafeMoon ecosystem, or even in the Binance ecosystem, right? And like we use these services that don't, you know, directly benefit us when this does the same thing. So um, one of the things that as a consumer you can do um, is just use the service because, you know, one of the things that, you know, Lynx is able to do as a platform is, you know, go to a business and say, hey, uh, I see you're advertising here. Come advertise with us. Right. We have X amount of views per day, X amount of views per week, X amount of views per month. So monetizing the advertising space also helps keep this up, helps bring new features to this platform. So even as a consumer, you can use this, too. And it's important because, you know, when Spencer said earlier, you know, this is basically a nonprofit, um, you know, the BBTF ecosystem, like we we like liquidity injection, so we can't get down with the non nonprofit. So we got to get get that rolling in. Well, yeah, and that's where the B two B that's where the B two B aspect comes in. So just to touch on that, I think just I don't know how much of this I'm supposed to say, Don, but you can yell at me later. But I think within a matter of weeks, not months, we'll be rolling out. It will be branded as links, but it will be also. We will we will have all of uh, your logos on there. It'll as it'll well. be branded as links. We could just say that. Let's yeah, just... it will be branded as links, but it's powered uh, by you guys, and just just like profits will be split, and we'll be going down the middle on it, and that will allow businesses to come in and seamlessly sign up for our API service, sign up for our nodes, and we will be a direct competitor to, for example, Chainstack, Infura. Quick note, if you look at any of those companies, uh, Anchor, all of those people, I think will be coming in at half the cost. And all, and so we'll we'll just be able to help out a lot of projects that way. So that will be coming up very, very soon. And it will be a great benefit to uh, both of our organizations. Absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I don't think you've seen even seen it yet, Don. But I sent it to Vince, and he was like, "That's a work of art." <laughs> he was, he was yeah, I can send you some screenshots later. But yeah, I mean, I think it'll be coming up extremely soon. Um, yeah, right. man, it'll be super so exciting. You mentioned like the listing process, and I, if I could tell an anecdotal story about Vince and um, like my man Vince is just crushing it. Like I don't understand. Like, well, I do understand because you know, but he works so much. So, um, you know, the first time, you know, our team heard about Lynx, um, uh, I think it was me uh, and Lee and then uh, Gotti actually sent it to us. And um, so we were all talking about it and it was like, hey, I'm going to set up a meeting. Let's do this, you know, and get listed on Lynx. And we were like looking at it and we we're like, oh, this is really cool, you know. Um, and then so we actually set up a call because, you know, you can go through the whole process without a call, you know, but, um, you know, we, yeah yeah exactly so <laughs> we jump on the call my boy vince is on the call he's just like yo man i just left a job i'm getting ready to go to another job sorry for the informality and like this was like the most articulate like you know sales pitch of links crypto ever so much so that like we were like yo not only do we like this guy in the company but like how can we work together and, you know, that's, that's like one of the things that's like, you know, working with someone who's so passionate about their brand to where they're not like whimsical about, you know, their brand representation or like, you know, how is explained to the community. Like there was so much passion in that one call that, you know, it, 
it's phenomenal. I, yeah, I just wanted to throw that little. Anime. Yeah, and I'll I'll jump on board there and say Vince is the man. He is yep. the man. I am the nerd that hides in his closet and writes code, and he is the one out there talking to everyone about it and doing everything. It would be nowhere near where it is today without him. He has, uh, he's been a lifesaver. Honestly, he's the man. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely that's absolutely correct and it's you know one of the things is it's like people like we often overlook the fact that you know maybe there are some people who are just trying to improve the space like given like we all want to have like the best product out there right like that's our goal it's like we have competitors we get it we want to be better than the competitors but like the competition isn't with you know the next crypto over like the competition is, you know, like good versus bad, <laughs> you know, like, like we're trying to establish a precedent of what is good. Um, I'll throw this out there. It's like, you know, I hear people talking about LIO all the time. Right. And like, I don't hear this spoken of as much like, you know, like, like utility can happen inside of a token. And one of the utilities is even though it's small and overlooked aside from other things is LIO. It's like a utility in itself. Like tokens are the future. Gotti just shared this like very interesting post the other day about, you know, um, Citibank offering their tokenization services or utilizing tokenization services, did a test with a logistics company. And then during that test, they were successfully able to like utilize like tokenization to like, pay the logistics company for a successful completion of a job, right? The question is, is like when you look at shareholder profits and by the way, let me preface this before I say anything. Um, just because I'm using the term shareholder in this does not mean that I'm necessarily describing tokenization as a business investor relationship. This is just an example of a utilization of the service. So disclaimer out of the way. So like if you are like going to be successfully able to take a token, right? Um, create a market for the token, meaning that people buy and sell the token on an automated market maker, even on an exchange. And if you want that token to have a attached or associated value, right, you have to have some intermediary relationship between the IRL or in real life action and the value of the token. So, and also, let me just make this clear. 
we're still like evaluating or calculating the value of a token compared to US dollar, Canadian dollar, the Chinese yuan, like whatever currency you want to use, we're still using like some type of monetary co- currency to compare the value. So like what needs to exist is that little contract that is there for, you know, business owner A to say, all right, here is the predefined profit that needs to be sent to the contract. But you need to remove the decision making from the process and utilize that intermediary smart contract, which is the LIO for us to take the revenue, insert it into the token, but do it in a manner that benefits the holders of the token, right? Like if I just go into the token right now and just like, all right, I'm going to have, here's the token from my excess liquidity that I have. And then here is the BNB. I'm going to pair it and send it to the um, liquidity pool. Well, like all you created was just like more liquidity for the token. And it's harder for, you know, like, well, it does stabilize the price a little bit more. Um, I said the P word. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to get in trouble for that. But on the other hand, if you you know, use the LIO where you go in and you actually buy your own token, but you act ethically with your purchase of your own token and then just pair it with, you know, whatever the um, liquidity pair is. It could be BNB, BUSD, USDC, Ethereum, Polygon, whatever the pairing is. You pair it and then you put it back in the liquidity pool. What you created was an action that benefits the uh, token holders, but also like you know, ensures that the business does the proper thing with their profits. So like it literally automates, you know, like end of year shareholder agreements. Uh, it automates, you know, like, uh, you know, joint ventures. It automates, you know, LLPs or limited liability partnerships. It, it, it automates all of that stuff, you know, with a simple contract. So on the one hand, tokens can have utility in and of themselves and in, in the technology. On the link side, not saying links uh on the link side it's pure utility right it's pure utility that can be integrated into every token ecosystem every single blockchain everybody can utilize what links is offering and not only that it makes it easier for better technology to enter the space because it's not price gouging people you know on the data that they're providing it's not a get rich quick scheme
uh, you got a message. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a there's a BBTF token out there floating around that's not us too. So, which is what I want to know. So. It's flattering. It's flattering. So, and I got a lot of nicknames out there too that are flattering too. Um, how does Link solve this issue that you just brought up? It, like, this is like an in real life moment that we can discuss. How would utilizing Links help me avoid a scam Links token? Can I answer? No. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like, like we said before, like obviously, if you're utilizing the Links app, right? I'm pretty sure the Links app, like, would you know, if they were to link listed token, would probably have their, you know, advanced data already inside of the app. So like, one, like, look for the verified, you know, data sources. Is that a reason for tokens to links with links? Maybe. Um, but the second thing is, it's like, like we're, we're this is just something that everyone should know, all right? And like we 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 saw this happen in the past. You know, tokens will launch and they'll have you know four hundred dollars in liquidity. You think it's smart to put a thousand dollars into that? Probably not. So like looking at the technical details of a token are really important. And one of the things that I like about the Links app is that is is not. You don't get like, you know, the hype, like we could integrate voting polls and comments and stuff. And like, you know, that's one of the things that like Spencer has a really good I like user, um, you know, peer to peer interaction um, thing that, you know, could be coming to fruition for like token launches and stuff. But like specifically for the tokens, it's focused on the data. And when you look at a token and you look at the token analytics, like you can literally just look at a token inside of this app and be like, ah, that's probably not one to play with because um, it looks like, you know, it's heavily weighted towards sales, extreme buying pressure, and there's only like, you know, $400 in liquidity. Like, it makes no sense for a token to have, you know, $25,000 daily volume, but only 400 k in liquidity. That means that someone is just buying, selling, buying, selling, buying, selling, buying, selling with the same amount of money and not necessarily like adding anything to the pool. So, um I, I think those kind of like key technical indicators or, you know, little KPIs for tokens are um, like beneficial. And as we're users in this space, like the users have an opportunity to learn just from utilizing tools that simplify, you know, what we're experiencing. And, you know, to quote Michael Scott, <laughs> kiss, <laughs> keep it stupid simple. Actually, keep it simple, stupid, but yeah.
That's beautiful. The, the staking contract address, correct? Mm -hmm. So this is going to go off the topic of links a little bit, but I kind of want to bring this up. Um, you know, our you know uh, favorite CTO elite uh, created this thing called Elastic Staking. Um, if the tokens are in your wallet, they still show up on links, right? Yeah, it removes the token from the wallet and puts it in a separate contract. And if it's a separate contract, the tokens aren't held by the wallet. They're just like there's a dividend IOU essentially created for that wallet. So once it's removed from the wallet, the technology then changes because it's not in your wallet. But on the other hand, you know, we got a little team of developers on our side created something called Elastic Staking where the tokens are still in your wallet. And then you can enroll in a function to where you can still like, you know, like spend your tokens from your wallet, even if they are staked. Pretty cool thing. Um, you know, if you want to <laughs> if you want to work with, you know, links and BBTF in the same vein, I think it um, I think it's a good idea to kind of, you know, like reach out and you can get the best of both worlds. Yeah, and also, if you don't mind, I have, like, uh, I was planning on ending at 8.30, if we can kind of keep that timeline. That, that tends to happen in our spaces. <laughs> Yeah, so wait, are you are you able to hear me? Yeah, so um if there are no requests, do you wanna maybe start winding down the space? Maybe do some closing thoughts. I know um Spencer stepped away, so um we can just Oh okay. Yeah, no, go yeah, go ahead. Uh 
Oh, he owns he owns the Mahina token. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for bringing me up. Bryson. You know I have questions, Don, right? <laughs> They're like, Don starts going, oh, nobody's got any uh, requests. Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, real, real simple one. I I'm just curious, you know, you guys were originally talking about the market and how expensive the other vendors are, are to provide the data. Um, is that simply because it's expensive to provide the data or there's just no competition and they're, you know, it's more of a monopoly situation. Are you guys, you know, now that you've developed this um, capabilities, are you then looking to undercut the market and grab market share? What, like what's the, yeah. um, or are you just simply utilizing it to no. make your own services more cost effective, all of the above? Yeah. So I, um, so a couple of things. So, um, a couple questions there. So why we chose our pricing strategy, but secondly, why the market price is set where it's at. Uh, I'll start with the latter. So why the market price is set where it's at. Um, my assumption is, is that, um, you know, people just feel like they can get away with charging what they charge. Um, like the technical infrastructure to allow this to occur. Um, I don't necessarily believe that, you know, the cost of the technical infrastructure, like, justifies the cost. Um, but, you know, what is extremely expensive is marketing. So, you know, if these big companies want to compete with one another and, you know, you don't want to have one person being dominant, you know, if company A has a 100K Google AdWords budget, company B can't compete for that market share unless their, you know, marketing budget is 100K plus. So, in order to justify those costs, that company competition are moving more and more dollars to the marketing bucket of their, you know, operating expenses. And as they move more money towards the marketing bucket um, to compete with another company, it just drives the consumer price up. So um, that's just my assumption. Uh, you know, I haven't, you know, gotten a look, um, you know, behind the curtain for any of these companies, but you know, that assumption predominantly holds true for most markets. Um, so that's what I would say there. But secondly, um, you know, I wrote a thesis on uh, JetBlue Airlines, which is pretty funny. Um, this is before, you know, the JetBlue mergers back in the day. Um, and then when you look at the airline industries, you have like, you know, your luxury travel, you know, your economy travel, and then you have what's called your low cost providers. Um, your low cost providers just, you know, essentially get you there. <laughs> You know, and, and that's what JetBlue Airlines, you know, aimed to take over when they entered the market. Um, you know, you have a market dominated by, you know, it, you know, it was American Eagle at one point, American Airlines. Um, I forgot who they merged with, but if I had enough time to think about it, like, you know, I'd say this airline name and you'd remember them. Um, but, you know, Delta, uh, United, you have these airlines, you know, here domestically. Um, you know, that are, you know, essentially your luxury travel They have like, you know, first class, business class. Um, and then you have, you know, airlines like, you know, JetBlue, uh, Spirit, uh, Frontier, um, that essentially are what we refer to as low cost providers. Um, so upon market entry um, and for the incubators, um, it was extremely important to us to have a low cost provision. Um, so that, you know, people can enter the market without, you know, these extremely high, pro uh, high you know, prices or high barrier to entry. So the market was lacking um, a low cost provider. And that was an opportunity that we saw um, and wanted to take.
Appreciate it. Thank you, Don. Hey, guys. Uh, awesome space. My question is, how big is the API market? Like, you know, how many companies would be searching this out and how much value would you create? Like, is it in the millions, billions? So um, eventually, um, so the API market, um, and it depends on is the company using, you know, their own infrastructure or other um, companies like a company will grow big enough to where they create their own infrastructure. That's inevitable. Right. Um, so maybe Coinbase started using APIs and then they grew beyond that. Um, Coin Market Cap, one of their biggest provisions is APIs. Um, Deck Screener, when they moved into the monetization phase of their business, you know, one of the first things that they offered before they offered nodes was APIs. Um, so um, for data providers, it's huge. Um, and I mean, millions of dollars. So um, if I had to like put a finger on it right now, um, where the market is at, I would say it's probably in the hundreds of millions. Um, if you were to ask me 10 or 10 years from now, I'd say it's in the hundreds of billions. Um, so it, it's a huge market um, for the API service provision. And here's why. Um, a lot of people in here in this room are familiar with SafeMoon, right? Um, so in the SafeMoon app, you have the opportunity um, to import tokens, tokens that are not necessarily traded on the SafeMoon DEX. Um, you have to get that token data from somewhere, so you get it from an API. Um, when you're looking at the charts inside of the SafeMoon app, um, the charts uh, have this little logo in a corner. Um, it might say Trading View, it might say Dex Screener, um, and Coin Market Cap. Actually, you can switch between Coin Market Cap and Dex Screener inside of the app. Every time you hit that, you know that server or call that API, you know you're accumulating a cost. Um, so when you have multiple APIs like Coin Market Cap and Dex Screener, that's called load balancing because you're switching between the two. Um, so yeah, it, it's a huge market. A lot of apps that we use are using it, whether it's branded or unbranded. Um, and you know, one of the biggest things that people are using, um, you know, Trading View, for example, like all of our charts look the same um, because of, you know. Like most people get their charting data from TradingView, but uh, Spencer's back, and I think Spencer's better for to answer this because this is his area of specialty. Yeah, I don't know what was the question. I don't know. Sorry to step away. Yeah, it was uh, in terms of the API market. How big is the market? Um, I think it's pretty big, right? I mean, I think I think it's pretty huge, especially in like this DeFi space that we're in, right? It's like every single project, no matter what they're trying to do, at the very least, they need access to their own tokens price, right? I mean, that is like the bare minimum. And you could argue that every project needs that, whether that's just to have a chart on their website or or what have you. But then beyond that, I mean, anyone who's doing any sort of... Uh, crypto is going to need that pricing data right yeah i mean i mean paypal everyone right i mean anyone who's doing it somewhere somehow some way some person is saying 
what is the price of this token and what is it worth as compared to the USD? And just like not to say that we're going to do a partnership or whatever, but like Trust Wallet is a fantastic example. We've had conversations with them about it and all sorts of stuff. Um, like everyone who's doing this, Coinbase, anyone, they all need this API data because they all need it. And it's a very big limitation on a lot of these platforms right now is that they will only support, like they will only be able to display to you like the value of your tokens in your wallet, if it's a wallet app, if it's supported on like CoinMarketCap or CoinGecko because they subscribe to those companies' APIs. So what we're trying to say is we'll provide you an API that's going to give you access to everything, right? Every token. We're not big or small. doesn't matter. We're going to pick up those trades and we're going to give you that data. Right. The, you know, traditional finance has grown quite substantially, um, you know, since the introduction of, you know, the New York Stock Exchange and then, you know, the NASDAQ. Um, and then we've seen companies, right, like <laughs> you're going to have to have real time, you know, pricing data for, you know, the price of Tesla, for example, in order to successfully, you know, trigger a profitable trade on the price of Tesla. We've, we've come a long way in the computing age since you know people calling into the new york stock exchange and placing our you know orders over the phone right it's all real time now so and what we've seen with crypto and this like improved tokenization model uh for the economy is you know the data that is real time um is becoming increasingly uh or moving at an increasingly more rapid pace um xrp proves this you know, banks utilizing, you know, CBDCs prove this. So data is increasingly important to our economy. So when we ask about, you know, how big is the API market or in the data providers, I honestly think in the future, um, the data providers are going to be the new clearinghouse.
Yeah, and I think just to just touch on one more thing, I mean, there's a, even within the API type stuff, there's different aspects that we're going to be offering. We're going to be offering um, access to our nodes, which allows things like wallet apps and such like that to be able to um, submit transactions to the blockchain, et cetera. That alone, I could probably name 15 companies to you off the top of my head in this space that are all making a lot of money. Um, and they're all charging an insane amount of money. And that's just one aspect of what we're going to be doing. So, I mean, I think that says, I mean, enough right there that there's definitely a market for it. And um, we're just we're just trying to come in and uh, be cheaper and better than all of these guys. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. I know you guys want to close it down. Now my brain is going crazy thinking about the deck spot. I'll just leave it at that. Hey, don't cut yourself out. Don't cut yourself out. <laughs> Fill in the white space, you know, you know. Yeah. I got a, I got a question for Spencer. What's how it? how hard or how long did it take you to kind of get to this point? Oh, I mean, man. is this something <laughs> where if I if I've got your your brain power, I can just bang it out real quick, or is it you know? No. Well, so I mean. That's a tough question to answer, right? Because I didn't just, uh, like whenever I got involved in the Web3 space, I already had a development background. And so that obviously gave me a leg up. But even within that, I think just building links alone in its first version, I think, I mean, Vince can attest to this. It was probably like six or seven months. I just took off. Uh, so I'm, I sort of work as an independent contractor working, you know, project to project. I took some time off, spent like six or seven months just building, 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 building. Got it. And that was just the V1. And then it, we realized that it needed a lot of changes. And we, uh, you know, made made a lot of improvements. We realized that, you know, just, just things like, just to be nerdy about it, our database couldn't handle the amount of writes that were coming in because there's a lot more trades on a on the blockchains than I was expecting, especially when you're talking about three. So we had a lot of scaling issues, all of that sort of stuff, wallet, wallet tracking, real-time transactions, servers failing, et cetera. I mean, hundreds of hours of time, I'd say, realistically, to get to where we are today. And where we are today, I think, is... I don't want to say bulletproof, but as close to bulletproof as a service can be. Um, and it's scalable. You can take on as many clients as you want to. Yeah, I think so. Right. So that's that's sort of been the thing talking with Don. It's like, all right, so how do we take this thing? Hey, whoa, from whoa, like, whoa, 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 What? How much information are you about to give? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Right. I'm gonna just talk <laughs> around his question. No, I'm just okay. joking. I, I was just gonna say a lot of a lot of what uh, we've been talking about is and why it's taken so long is how do we take this thing from like a uh, a solid service for like in clients to like a highly scalable solution for um, businesses that are then going to be bringing on their thousands of clients, right? Because when we're talking about links, we have what like 3,000 users or something, which is not an incredible amount. And now we're going to scale that out to okay, well, how many users does Mirror Protocol have? How many users is, um, 
you know, SafeMoon have, and we need to support all of those. So a lot of planning and infrastructure has gone into this, but I think we're to a point now where I think we're ready. I do. What would you say the, the biggest company you're talking with today is? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was just kidding. I thought he, yeah. I would sneak one in there and get it out of him. Hey, can we take this opportunity real quick? Um, so Bryson's up here. He owns the Mahina token. Um, really cool token. He's tokenizing like professional services starting in, you know, the um, financial services sector. Did you want to like pop in and maybe talk about your token? And also um, like the IRL stuff that he's doing, like definitely requires links. So um, yeah, no, I definitely want to have a conversation with you guys. I, I love what I've heard. You know, today I, I definitely see the need for it, and it's certainly a, a perfect marriage, I think, with with BBTF. So, I'm excited about this partnership and what it what it'll present and allow for in the future. Um, so, bravo for you guys to to come together and put it together. Um, I'm doing a space on Mahina tomorrow, so if you're interested in that, check out the space tomorrow. But it's exciting times. I mean, this is really. Is it fun to be a part Thursday. of Thursday? Is it? It's only Tuesday. So yeah, Thursday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for doing the space. The uh, the more knowledge you can uh, share, the better, and it just uh, pushes the ball forward. So I appreciate you as always. Bryson? I'm sorry. Was that a question or? Yeah, he was saying, like, throw your elevator pitch. Oh, so Mahina is is a tokenization for financial services. It's a, it's a vehicle to allow us to promote women advisors in the space. So we're. we're did I? Did okay. Oh, I've been on mute the whole time. <laughs> uh, Saying Mahina is a project to support women advisors, financial advisors. We're leveraging tokenization and Web3 technology to support women in the industry that have been underserved by, you know, agencies and are really at a point in their careers where they're looking to elevate. Um, and so it really gives us a competitive advantage in the marketplace as far as marketing events. Um, things of that nature. So um, it's exciting to be able to to merge Web3 with with our core business, you know, financial planning. So glad to be a part of the uh, the BBTF ecosystem for sure. Awesome. Love to have you.
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. Um, and Vince, thanks for putting this space together. Spence, thanks for, you know, building this amazing technology. I am so grateful for YouTube's partnership. And sorry if there's noise in the background. I'm sitting on my patio. But I want to do two things in this closing. So first, I want to um, talk about what we discussed. But secondly, like, what can we do uh, collectively as a community to kind of, you know, get the best utilization out of this and also push the space forward? So first, um, you know, we went over, you know, links in and of itself. It's extremely easy to get. All you do is if you're on iPhone, you know, go to your App Store, Android, go to Google Play Store, and then just download the application. If you're not sure what Lynx is or like if you, you know, haven't, you know, been able to realize its benefit to you, um, just go to, uh, you know, the linkscrypto.app website. Is that the right URL? linkscrypto.app website um, and you know as Spencer stated earlier there's an explainer video for you that'll kind of take you through the benefits of it um, and the next thing that we realized is that you know if you have multiple wallets and you're big into this space you know you can kind of decrease your vulnerability to phishing attacks or connecting your wallet to the wrong place you know because you know a lot of times we like to look at it but we don't actually do anything so if you're one of the you know wallet watchers um, then what's extremely easy is to download the app, uh, you know, paste your wallet address and, you know, and like just click yes on the tokens that you want to watch. You can watch it all from one place and you're never connecting to a dApp with the Lynx crypto app. So you're not putting, you know, your, um, you know, crypto at risk, um, you know, to any of the number of scams that are out there. The next thing that we realized is that if you're a business in this space and you're looking to utilize some of the best uh, on the market most time that it's very easy for you to you know just interact with crypto utilize the api services sir said we're going to have the new infrastructure up for uh, in about two weeks um so pi those whatever you need um quicker more affordable especially in the incubation period of a business also in the incubation period of a business it's um behoove you <laughs> That word came back. Oh, word. Um, <laughs> just reach out to us uh, at Blessers.Tech. Uh, we love working with, you know, startup companies, uh, creating, you know, uh, strategies, pricing strategies to get these great ideas to the market so that we can advance the Web3 space. And I think the most important thing that we have is, is working with people who have integrity and measure values and ethics is really the key to a group partnership. Once you establish that, you know, finding the win-win um, will come naturally to either business. Uh, then the final thing that I wanted to discuss is can we as users do uh, to kind of push this forward? Uh, and it's the first thing that I said, simply download the app, use the app. Um, when people ask, you know, how to, um, you know, see stuff or when people talk about, uh, oh my gosh, I, I lost tokens, uh, one of the best things that we can do is refer them to this app. So let's identify, you know, conversations where think crypto is a solution. And if you're out there and you see people who just want to, um, you know, have a project, send them to us at BBTF. Um, and finally, uh, if you know people that want to, you know, have automated while they're sleeping, also uh, check out mydeckbot.com. Um, so thank you for that opportunity.
<laughs> podcast 2024. You heard it here first. I'm just kidding. I am just kidding. Please do not tweet me when podcast. Dear Lord. <laughs> no, Spence, uh, you're absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I have to do this again on LinkedIn. I'm loving spaces on LinkedIn. Even when you feel low, you can still go Even when you feel slow, you can still go Even when there's no hope, you can still go I never answer to no man, I still go Go, 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 go Hustle out, hustle every single day I'll be making moves till I'm buried in my grave Through the system, I don't wanna be a slave I've been doing shit now